It's time for Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. A show for the avid fisherman and hunter looking for tips from the pros. Now here's your host, a saltwater fisherman and the man that fears no fish. He's the bass daddy in a tournament pro, Don McDowell. All righty, hey, Don McDowell, Don McDowell Outdoors, thanks for letting us into your home, your truck, your boat, wherever you are, maybe even in a tent, who knows, it's outside stuff. Hey, I want to welcome uh, Matt Shura in. Uh, you'll know uh, Matt as one of Arizona's better touring pros, sitting next door to Mark Townsend, still in the dark. One of and Arizona's back not again, good we pros. have uh, Drake Mitchell from the Arizona uh, Civil Defense League. We're go- Today is all about bass and bullets. You know, if you... I mean, what could be better? <laughs> Maybe shooting bullets at bass. I, I, who knew? <laughs> but anyway, we've got some uh, gun bills, some Second Amendment stuff we need to clue you in on. And uh, Matt's going to let us know what's going on on uh, Lake. He's been up to Lake Havasu. Uh, where, where are you headed after this? You going to Roosevelt? Yeah, right after this, headed to Roosevelt Lake. Going to do some fishing, have a trip on uh, Monday and Tuesday, and then go home and do some laundry and head back to Havasu for the no, you know, big well, Mark was Mark was one, and he wanted to go to Roosevelt so you catch crappie for dinner at night. There you go. There's some good crappie being caught. There's big ones. Still deep, yeah, still deep and in, in the trees, but uh, I think that's going to change here real soon. Mark, what's on your plate? I understand you were uh, jumping logs yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I was at uh, I went to Alamo Friday and didn't do so hot. Okay, did terrible. So typical Mark fashion, I. You know, came home, showered, changed, and turned around and went right back. Yeah. And then decided to, um, let's just say, I don't know exactly what I hit, if I hit anything, but I knew that I was pointed the wrong way going 70 Mark, miles an hour. called make... unidentified floating objects for a reason. Dude, there's not a mark on <laughs> yeah. anything. Nothing. It's weird. Yeah. Really weird. So. All right, so you'll you'll fill us in on that, Drake. Oh, yeah. This is the guy that'll take you in, uh, out in his bass boat and teach you how to jump a sandbar. All right, jump a sandbar. I'd like yeah. to see that. that. What's wrong with that picture? All That's right, what, uh, what's happening in uh, in your world? Uh, last time you were in, we were talking about Yavapai County becoming a Second Amendment uh, county. Uh, how'd that turn out? That turned out very well. Bingo. So Yavapai County became the fourth. So far, we have Mojave County has become a Second Amendment sanctuary county, along with La Paz, Apache, and Yavapai. And then yesterday came the coup of all coups for us. The Navajo Nation voted unanimously to become a Second Amendment sanctuary. What? Yes. So that's why all along we've said city, county, and reservation movement. Navajo folks. No and kidding. Navajo did it. One, oh, and God they unanimously it. voted for it. So okay, so does that mean I now can take a firearm on the reservation? No, because yeah, Navajo. No. So they're still going to lock me up if they catch me. That's, see, that's, the federal law was put in place to protect the Native Americans from us going on with gun and doing things to them. So what... But what it is going to do is they're saying that they're not going to enforce any new restrictive laws at the state or federal level. Wow. So, again, it's saying to the state legislature, we're not going to play. We shall not comply. We're not going to put any resources in toward supporting anything that you do as far as that is a gun control measure. Wow. Okay. Uh, second hour, uh, let me finish setting the table here. We've got uh, uh, Sean Bailey. Um coming on and uh 
you had some interaction with Sean up there. Any comments before he comes on? Or you want to say before yeah. he gets here? <laughs> you know what? I got my butt kicked by Sean Bailey, and that's not uncommon at Havasu. He's, he's definitely one of the Oh, best. yeah, man. He'll take you to school. <laughs> yeah, he's a great fisherman. Yeah, then we've got uh, we've got Doug uh, Strickland coming on from St. George, uh, Utah. Uh, Utah's up to some stuff on uh, Second Amendment and uh, gun legislation we need to know about. It, not any different, really, than what's happening here in Arizona. But uh, uh, we had uh, uh, quite a number of uh, folks for roll call. We had three uh, military guys uh, that went down and then two law enforcement officers. Uh, Mark and I'll tell you about as, as we go through there. And then uh, this week uh, we've added uh, to the website, huntingfishing.com, we had an interview coming up with uh, – Michael McDowell talked to Michael earlier in the week. They've got a new uh, motor program on the uh, 34 Loves uh, Mustang. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. We we hope he does well today. And uh, I would encourage you more so than normal uh, to watch NASCAR today. The president uh, is the Grand Marshal, which ought to just be a one hell of a show. Rumor has it the uh, presidential motorcade is going to do a lap around Daytona. <laughs> How cool is that? Right wow. That'd be a first. Yeah. So anyway, uh, other, other stuff we're uh, focusing on. Uh, there's uh, Idaho has some elk crossings, and they uh, ushered uh, their second group of elk across the highway near uh, Sugar City. Uh, trophy catches uh, in Florida, and uh, a bunch of stuff going on in uh, Oklahoma. Um, murder for hire goes to jail. All kinds of stuff. Uh, uh, that and on the Lacey Endangered Species Act. So we'll see what's going on there as, as we go through it. But, uh, Matt, I want to get to you. Uh, uh, How would Havasu turn out? That was a pretty tough shootout. Yeah, it was a, a rough tournament. It was uh, interesting with, uh, I know there was at least 30 people that blanked every day. And then there's wow. guys, like, yeah, guys like Matt Williams and Sean Bailey come in with a 24-pound bag I think they had the first day. And it's just like they're fishing a different lake almost. You know, that's how those guys, uh, they know the lake so well. They, you know, a lot of those guys live there, live there, you know, sure. have lived there. And uh, Well, that's home home field advantage, you know. Yeah, and it, make, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. Uh, first two days, I, I uh, only had three fish the first day and two fish the second day. Frustrating part was I broke off some really good fish oh. using the light line, the six-pound oh. line, and I just, that's what I have confidence in. I go to the heavier line, and I, I just... It's a confidence thing. Plus, I just don't get bit as much. It's yeah. you know your your bait just has better action the way I fish it and and all that. And I I ended up uh, uh, getting them to the boat. I got enough bites the last day. I ended up getting seven bites the last day and got five to the boat and had over uh, twenty pounds on the third day. And uh, wow, that was that's, the biggest, that's a decent bag. Biggest limit of the day moved me up from seventy second place to fifteenth. So so cashed a good check and, and learned a lot and ready to go back next week. Give it another shot. Good deal, good deal. Uh, uh, out of your big fish, how how the uh, smallmouth uh, fare for you? I had one three pound smallmouth. I caught on a fat fly. I don't know if you've ever. It's a little tiny hair jig. It's an oh, eight yeah. ounce hair jig. You throw it on five pound line, and uh, I I started fishing it just like I fished a drop shot, just ticking the bottom, and and just it's real light finesse uh, way to fish and. You know, when I first saw it, I, I tried to make a cast with it. It went about five feet, and I put it, put it away. You yeah. know, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. But if you use the 10-pound braid to that light five or even six-pound fluorocarbon leader, you can get a pretty good cast out. It's just a real slow, natural presentation. Have you tried that on a slip bobber? I haven't. I haven't. But 
I, I've heard it. Wink, wink, work. nod, nod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, I, when they're suspended, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, back in the day when that all started, that was uh, uh, Viktovich started that, Mitch. Fly on a bubble. Right. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> fly on a bubble. Yep, fly on a bubble. Brian, you know what? And it'll, it'll put bass in the boat. Yep, Brian when, Boyer. When, when nothing else works. I, yeah, Brian Boyer showed that to me, and that, that, that bobber actually makes some commotion at the surface, gets the fish looking up, and then right behind it, that little fly just falls down. It's Boom. just subtle and natural, and yeah, yeah it catches fish for sure. Drake, do you get time to hunt or fish? I am more of an elk and deer hunter. I don't fish. My man. I actually have three poles, but they haven't seen the water in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Hey, I'm looking for someone to come ride my boat with me to see if everything's all right. You want to go? Hey, I'll, I'll drive your boat because obviously you haven't got that part you, down. You don't you want to ride really? with Mark. Really? No, I can drive the wheels off of it. That's yeah, why I'm I know, still that's here. That's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, his on. license plate on the boat says white knuckle. So, oh. yeah, do the math. Okay, well, hunting, hunting elk and deer, uh, not a bad thing. Uh, next week we have uh, Tim Price's being, we'll, we'll be here from uh, Bass Junkies, and then we'll be talking to uh, Dan Bix uh, from Flagstaff. Good hunter, uh, premier butcher up in, up in uh, East Flagstaff. I've had him uh, process some game and uh, does a wonderful job. But, uh, you know, he's been hunting up there. They, they harvested a... Uh, a really big whitetail, uh, a buck up there. And then uh, he was due in, canceled last week for a javelina hunt, and uh, they filled four out of uh, six tags the first day. So it's all good. Dennis Champagne, you said? Pardon me? Dennis Champagne? Uh, Dan Bix. Dan Bix. Dan Bix. Yep, good guy. So what? Uh, you're you're going to practice at Roosevelt? Uh, who's over there uh, that you're practicing for? Or are you just hanging out? Yeah, just going to to scope it out. I'm you know I'm doing some guide trips now that I retired. Oh, good from the fire department. So you got to keep on the fish and follow them around. And in this time of year, as you know, they're 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 starting to get move up shallow. I know. Well, you know, Mark was kind of sticking up for you. He said, uh, you know, you've done a good job, and thank you for your uh, your stint uh, uh, with the. Uh, being a first responder, man, I you know wouldn't be a safe place without you guys. Thank you. But uh, Mark said you were you were putting a siren and uh, a horn on, on your uh, motorhome. Is that true? <laughs> no. Come I, on, I, Mark. Yeah. I don't hey, know. I I was just I mean, you were talking about taxidermists, and I well, was... it looks like you know he he pulled in. I thought it was an EMT coming in. You know, <laughs> dude, that thing is awesome. It looks like a giant bomb pop. Remember those things? Uh, yeah, it does. It does. But you know what, I. I got to give it up to Matt. He does such a good job with everything that he's tasked. And what's happened because of Matt Sura's involvement and his involvement alone is the days of pros wanting to beat the crap out of each other, either at the launch ramp or off a Especially point, Matt. Um, <laughs> is gone. He, there's just a, such a neat synergy amongst the guys that are pros now that the state's never seen before. Because let's be honest, we're all used, and we've all heard the story of Ray Hill doing a Brody around Mark Kyle Rang to jump in his boat and beat him down for poach oh, yeah. jump on the spot. You don't get that because of Matt's involvement. Everyone gets along. Everyone likes each other. Everyone's I mean, we want to compete, but I mean, if I don't win and Matt does, I don't care. My time will come. It's not a big deal. And that's simply because he and he alone has created such a cool energy between the seminars and how we approach and how we talk to each other. It's just awesome. You know, so I mean, hats off to him for that. That's been a yeah. very welcome. Drake, you didn't state. used to be like that. Thank you, uh-uh. I appreciate that. the The launch ramp was broken up in these little squads of ranger boats, pro craft boats, yeah, other boats, 
if you didn't have a boat, we didn't talk to you anyway. So Yeah. <laughs> and now literally you could show up at a tournament with a boat. No fishing gear, no gas, no apparel, no nothing. And the pros will make sure that you get taken care of. It's really weird. It's um and like I said, that has just come about because of what Matt's doing yeah. with the seminars and just the overall approach is just so much better. That sounds so inviting. That's very nice. Well, and I think social media has a big part of it also. Now yeah. I'll kind of see what everybody else is doing. And I know what peop- people's kids are having a good game of soccer. And, you know, I haven't seen them in months, but I can tell you what their kids are doing. It's, that's what I think is cool right. Yeah, there media. you go. And, yeah. and I think we've so all good. recognized the struggle. I mean, it's, it's, everyone's like, oh, you get to fish, you know. It's not easy being a pro in no, the West. No, it's not. They have no clue. Dude, what, what goes no seriously, it is work it is i mean just look at what i did the past two days i've been to alamo and back twice i may or may not have done something i don't know but just the cost (laughs) involved it's not like that lake's close for me it's an hour and a half away let me say that again retweet that that lake's close for me it's an hour and a half away that's still what two hundred dollars worth of gas oh easy yeah all right, hold that thought. We're going to flip into a break right here on uh, Fox Sports 910 FM 99.9 HD2. I'm Don McDowell. We'll be right back. Show us your rack. How big is that elk, whitetail, moose, or mule deer? In the world of big game hunting, there's nothing better than having your rack on the wall and shown around the outdoor world. Head to huntingfishing.com and show us your rack. Now back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. This segment is brought to you by TheWilderness.com, makers of quality outdoor and tactical gear. TheWilderness.com. All righty, we're back. Uh, Drake, I want to start off with uh, inviting you to get with Matt and Mark, and uh, you need to fish more. I appreciate what you do on the bullet side of life, but got to have a bass now and then. I, tr- I truly <laughs> would thank them for taking me out. You can't fish out. with a better bunch of guys right here. Okay, so let's uh, start with the obvious. Uh, the big buzz around the town is uh, Senate Bill 1625 wanting to eliminate uh, assault weapons and ban uh, anything, magazines over 10 rounds. Uh, were you at the Capitol yesterday? Yes, we had a great rally Um Riders USA puts on a 2A rally for about the last six years. Okay. They usually ran between six and 800 people. The state police lost count at 3,500. Wow. So we had a serious turnout this year. I didn't know I they could count that energized. high, but good for them. Yes. It was a beautiful thing. And when we left, it was perfectly clean. It was amazing. It was almost like we were never there. So when you have pro-rights, pro-gun people show up, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's not like when the left shows up. Yeah. Uh, would you liken this to some of the stuff that's going on in uh, Virginia, West Virginia? Oh, absolutely. Okay. As a matter of fact, a lot of them we are just cookie cutter. They're just putting a different name on it or a different person's putting it forward. But we have the assault weapons ban and magazine capacity ban. Think of anything you own that takes a magazine that could, air quotes, be made to take a magazine greater than 10 rounds would be illegal to own. It would be yeah. a crime to be in possession of it. That, that could be almost anything. Exactly. That's the part. It's too broadly yeah. worded. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we've taken a, uh, you know, the very popular uh, 1911 45 ACP uh, is a magazine with six plus one on the pipe is seven. 
And uh, you can get uh, Mr. McCormick's extended magazines up to 10, which is what I carry uh, personally. And, uh, you know, some of the other ones, the side-by-side stacks are going to uh, 12, 14, 16, 19, 20 rounds. I'm like, come on. Well, you would be a felon. Have a nice day. Possession you know, I, I, I dodged a bullet. Uh, you know, I hate to tell stories on myself, but I, I travel with uh, firearms and uh do you do you carry in in your truck? I do. Okay, thank you. Being in parking lots and everything, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Welcome to Walmart. Uh, <laughs> I had to go to uh, uh, Bullhead City, Kingman, Flagstaff, and, and as, as you come off of uh, the ninety five, it'll take you into California. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I didn't think about it at the time, but I woke up and needles are going. Oh my God, I've got two handguns in here. And I've got ammunition in the back seat, ammunition in the, you know, it's like I got to get out of California. Mm. And, uh, you know, my, uh, I felt bad about breaking, breaking the rule, but one of the thought processes of, if I get pulled over and arrested, trust me, it's not going to be for a firearm. Yeah. Infraction to begin with. It may end up as a added count, but I will have done something else. Well, just a wake up call to my fellow Arizonans. Just having an Arizona license plate can get you stopped. Oh yeah, in, in that first two hundred miles of California. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they they, they, they run my plate. They're yeah. going to know I've got a concealed carry permit. Exactly, and it all shows up there. Here we go. Yeah. So after the races. Anyway, just just be advised on that. All right. So uh, let's let, let's get back to this. Is is this sixteen twenty five? Is it going to make it to committee? Uh, it's already made it out of committee. Out of committee. Um, to go into hearing. I think it's already had its first and possibly second reads. Okay. So it's one of those things that is moving. And since it's no different, and we only have a one or two seat margin in both the House and the Senate, <clears throat> that with That's just scary. one defection or one person walking out and not being there to vote against it, which is a game that they play also, politicians do. I didn't vote for it. I didn't vote against it. I just walked out. Um, that was a Jeff Dial game, by the way. That was the yeah. first time I ever saw yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it, it does have opportunity to get out of the Senate. The Senate actually, just like in 2018 with SB 1519, the Senate was the weak sister. They voted for it. Um, we have to really join the Arizona Citizens Defense League. Even if you just sign up for their email alerts, it'll get you active in the legislative process five times. The committees before the House... The committee before and the floor of the House, the committee before the Senate, the floor of the Senate, and at the governor's desk. So five times you'll have your voice heard on each and every bill that we track. Currently, there's 35 of them on this list. Really would hope azcdl.org, azcdl.org for free because we want to get people involved. If you then join, when you see how we do business, we would really appreciate it. Matt, do you have an opinion on what's going on, you know, from where you sit? Opinions, uh, I think I agree with everything you guys are saying as far as the right to carry, and, and yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I'm not much of a hunter, but at the same time, we should be able to, to protect ourselves. And I, I, I don't know if the motorhome's considered a home and there's different rules as far as you, you're talking about going across you the know, state. You uh, know, California, I've got a 40-foot uh, Grand Banks over there. Uh, it's a domicile. And a lot of different rules apply, but I can't get ammunition to the boat. I can't take a shotgun to the boat, which is 
what's on the boat. Right. Uh, and I can't buy ammunition in California because um, I'm not a resident. And you can't buy, if you're a resident anyway, you got to go find a vending machine and put a quarter in and you get two bullets out. So, you know, <laughs> wh- whatever I do over there, I'm illegal. And, and they just set it up in, in what Drake's talking about. You know, I, I I play by the rules, so I've got a, a concealed carry permit. I mean, that that's like a giant red flag right on my truck, you know. Right. All i got to do is run, run bad wolf and they will just to see what the hell that's, that's all about. Yeah. Boom, here they come. Well, and that's one of the biggest problems we have with 90% of this legislation. It doesn't stop crime. No. All it does is make potential criminals out of all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Don, how many times have you shown someone your pistol, your newest acquisition? Oh, uh, yeah. And then they handed it back to you. Did you both get a background check before you did that? No. Well, under these universal background checks, simply showing someone your gun and taking it back in return would make you both criminals. I'd, I'd beg to differ with them. I am on file with numerous agencies, fingerprints included. Well, so that a couple be, of nose prints here and there. SB 1624, Yeah, that firearm transfer and background checks bill, so is so broadly worded that simply giving it to a firearm to your friend, technically, if you were doing a proper game and fish fence cross, where one of you hands your gun to the other, they cross the fence, and then you hand both the guns over to that person, that would be a crime. So there's no exceptions to the rule. Well, speaking about game and fish, let's talk a little bit about uh, SB 1263. This is a Juan uh, Mendez-sponsored bill, Game and Fish Appointment uh, Recommendation Board repeal. Uh, Another Democrat attack on hunting and fishing here in Arizona. Um, trying to get rid of a board system that has worked for years, and who better than the sportsmen to control and understand what needs to be done for game and fish. So they want to eliminate the game and fish recommendation board uh, established by the governor. Uh, And and you're right, it's working really well. Uh, Setting the stage for appointment of political ideologues uh, determined to end Listen up, guys. Listen up. I told you this is coming. Here it is. Determined to end hunting and fishing in Arizona. So, again, Democrats. We keep talking about it. They're coming for us. And that is uh, Senate Bill 1263. You guys can look it up online and get the actual whole verbiage yourselves. Um, we try to get out information. We are an information hub for everybody at azcdl.org. Uh, on the left-hand side, there's a tab called Legislation, yep. and then you can go down to Bill Tracker and get a full list of the 35 bills we're following. Well, one of the things that uh, I, I get a lot of heat for being political on a hunting and fishing show, this is exactly why. Well, you... They, they want to... Here it is right here. The Dems in Arizona want to eliminate hunting and fishing. They don't want you on the water. They don't want us in the woods. They don't want us to have guns. Or fishing rods, because right after this, here comes a lead ban on terminal tackle. <gasps> no more sinkers. No more more spinnerbaits. I mean, you look at all the stuff that's made out of lead that we fish with. What do we do? Tungsten would be an awful, awful big expense for sure. Yeah. The ten dollar ten dollar Carolina rig, folks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. 
All right, uh, we've got to get into a break here. When we come back, we'll be talking to, uh, speaking of Game and Fish, one of our uh, newest commissioners, James Cook, and I are doing a great job for the department, AZGFD. You can Google that, uh, plug it in, and uh, find out what the commission's doing. They're working hard for us. And uh, we'll talk to him on see what's going on with Rim Country Custom Rods, see if he's got Jimmy D's uh, rods done and what's happening on the Mother Lake. I'm Don McDowell. This is Fox Sports 910 FM. 99.2 HD2. We'll be right back. Back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. And always on our free iHeartRadio app. Here's the Bass Daddy and Tournament Pro, Don McDowell. This segment brought to you by Roadrunner Reality Shad Buffet Rigs. Don't throw them a sandwich, throw them a buffet. All righty, we're back. Uh, before we talk to uh, the Master Rod Builder, let me do some house cleaning for the department. Uh, during the break, uh, you heard about the uh, young tank uh, debacle up in Seven East uh, with the uh, contamination of the uh, wildlife water. But again, we're still looking for information on the uh, poaching and killing of uh, the 438 bull up in uh, 4B. Uh, that was done uh, in August north of Heber. Uh, somebody knows who did that uh, as well. We've got a bear that was dumped uh, near Woods Canyon Lake, uh, Unit 4A, in, in November. Trail cams are up. A lot of people out in the woods. Somebody saw something. If so, if you did, you know something, saw something, say something. Uh, Operation Game Thief, 800-352-0700. If you don't have that number in your phone, please put it in there. Operation Game Thief, 800 352 0700. The Master Rod Builder from downtown Payson. What's happening, James? Hey, good morning, Don. What a great show this morning. You're hitting all, Hello, the, James. all the hot buttons. <laughs> I'm missing him. Are you with me, James? Yeah, I'm here. I said you're Okay, we, we got you. We got you coming in five by five. Okay, a little hiccup here. So what's happening up in uh, the Payson wheelhouse? Hey, let me start with the temperature. We are clear and 25 degrees this morning. So a little frosty out there. The good news yeah, is you're, you're, Lake, you're, you're 25 points today. away from having no temperature. That's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roosevelt is 75% full, and the water's still flowing, and uh, it's all good. Going to be a great spring bass fishing at Roosevelt Lake this year for sure. What? Uh, any news on the uh, water temperature, uh, Main Lake? Yep, we're getting up above 50 degrees now, and uh, it's it's getting warmer because our because our days are longer. I mean, look outside right now; it's uh, 7:30 and. It's it's light out there uh, in the middle of the winter. Uh, we're just barely getting light by now. So that's a good sign. Everything's starting to warm up, and the, the bass are feeling it already. They are definitely active. I know you got Matt uh, on there, but um, a lot of activity on pre-spawn right now for the, the bass in all the lakes in Arizona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Matt, what's your uh, attack going to be? Reaction baits today? No, I'm just going to head up there and uh, fish some secondary secondary stuff. We say they're, they're staging the spawn. Uh, I was there a couple weeks ago. That 15 to 25 was the key. They're full of eggs and healthy. Two and a half to three pound fish really yeah. was the average. So okay. um, I'll definitely try some reaction baits, but uh, the key has been that Texas rig and drop shot and that 15 to 25 foot. There you That's go. That's kind of going to be my approach on it because I got an older guy fishing with me. It's a lot easier for him to 
to, you know, fish a plastic, you know, fish plastics instead of reaction all day. Be careful. Older. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? You're getting there. Well, no, I was just sitting here thinking it's kind of cool to hear, like, the two different perspectives on how to catch it. Because I do, too, will fish plastic on them. But my favorite pre-spawn deal is I, I, I don't even try and hide it. I've got a collection of one-ounce spinnerbaits yep. that are, I mean, it's so hard to beat. I mean, Stop it. Stop it. You know? And the thing is, is catch one, catch a lot. Big Colorado blade's about that long. I have every type of blade. I look like Blade <laughs> Runner. I've got so many dang one-ounce spinnerbaits with different blades. And what I do, I'll break it down for you, Don, is um, I try and get the blades to either look like shad or I want the whole spinnerbait to look like an injured bluebill, bluegill. Okay, so either way, and usually I usually have two. I have my bluegill one-ounce spinnerbait uh-huh. and my shad one-ounce spinnerbait. Yeah. And I get on the secondary stuff, just like Matt does, and it's multiple casts, and it's just barely creeping along. People think, okay, well, I fired a cast there, I reeled it in, I got nothing. Well, no, that's not the way it works. Think about how you are. You just woke somebody up. Yeah, early yeah. in the morning, you're kind of hungry, you don't want to get out of bed. How many times do you hit the snooze button? Lots. So each cast, I think about the fish. All right, well, maybe I woke him up. Maybe I didn't. Maybe she or he hit the snooze button. Maybe they just got into a fight with their spouse, and they don't really want to be bothered right now. So you just got I can't tell you how many times I've cast at the same spot, 8, 10, 12 times, and then boom, I catch a fish. You know, so it's just a matter of, just like Matt will tell you when he's fishing the soft stuff over that, he probably is just barely moving it, barely moving it. Barely moving it. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, James? Yeah, I'm, I'm all in with that. You know, my go-to bait right now is the Zoom Super Fluke. I mean, like Matt's saying, secondary oh, points right now, those bats are starting to think about pre-spawn. They're feeding heavily in there. There was a report last week that a couple of anglers at Roosevelt caught 60 fish. So it's time. If you're, if you're a bass angler and you don't have your boat ready to go, you better be checking it out this weekend because it's time to get on the water. On that super fluke, are you using a 5-watt uh, EGW and a heavy wire or light wire? That's exactly it, Don. Okay. You, you know that bait as well as anybody. I love that bait, uh, no man. Weights, yeah. uh, no weights. Just uh, get it out there. Count it down as far as you need to while it, while it sinks. I usually go like a 10 or 15 second count. Yeah. And uh, that thing can be deadly, no doubt. Well, this, this year, too, a half a nail weight, uh, you know, will get you down uh, where, where you need to be sometimes. Ish's flipping hook. Yeah. Go down to Phoenix Fish and yeah, Supply. Yeah, that, that'll work old school. Get them. That hook is <laughs> New school didn't build anything. Old school built everything. So. Uh, All right, what else you got, James? Hey, I was. Uh, I, I know you're talking about legislation there today. Uh, I was down at the uh, subcommittee in the Senate for the Natural Resources and Energy because they were taking a, a vote on the newest uh, commissioner, uh, Dr. Todd Todd Geiler, and he was appointed by Doug Ducey, and he passed the subcommittee Senate, uh, and his name will now be forwarded to the full Senate for a vote. And we're not quite sure when that uh, is going to happen, but it could be as early as this week. And uh, Thursday, the commission has its meeting in uh, Parker, a monthly commission meeting. So 
So there's a chance that uh, Todd Geiler could take his seat as early as February, but if not March for sure. Well, I think he's going to be a good uh, commissioner. Uh, he certainly had our support uh, across the board, so good for him. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been telling everyone, you know, I I hate uh, – this is the first time that I've experienced the commissioner going off the commission. So uh, Jim Zeiler is a, is a great commissioner and contributed a lot to the to the department, did a lot of mentoring with me, and I really hate to see Jim uh, leave the commission with all his experience and talent that he's got. But at the same time, my conversations with uh, Todd have been nothing but extremely positive, extremely knowledgeable about uh, the department and the hunting side of things. So I look forward to him joining us. Okay, uh, with Drake Mitchell here from uh, Arizona Civil De- the Defense League, we're looking at it. We just talked about SB uh, 1263, sponsored by uh, Juan Mendez, uh, trying to get the uh, Game and Fish Appointment Board repealed. Any uh, any thought on that one? Um, I just, I'd rather not comment on okay. uh, any of those. Uh, you know, I just... It just gets kind of uh, frustrating at times that it seems like uh, a lot of these things are repetitive and things just don't change. That's where the uh, frustration is. Yeah, but I was looking at uh, Senate Bill 1625 here as you were talking. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, that has gone through a second read, so your your um, guess is correct there. So, you know, this is another one that people need to to read and, you know, get an opinion and Whatever side you're on, uh, make sure you contract your legislator. Well, I think, you know, taking it, yeah, that's that's uh, solid advice. Uh, you know, I think uh, everybody's a little bit too lax on not knowing who their representatives are, and uh, they need to be uh, right there in their face. Uh, sometimes they have a tendency to forget why, why they got elected uh, as they right. move along, and uh, more so than, than anything, I think this year is going to be very, very important, and uh, we've got a... Uh, Election coming up. We need to take all the names on this list right here, all, all these pieces of paper. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mendez is one of those that need to be voted out. Uh, I mean, he's he's off the, off the chart on the dim side, so he needs to go get a job at Walmart. Um, I'm, I'm just saying. So okay. Well, you know me, James. I'm not. You know what? I, I I'm I'm not going to cut this guy any slack. You know he's. Uh, you know, he's got another one, uh, 1248, justification of a deadly physical force. He, you know, come on. I mean, this guy, just, he needs to go down and live with Raul Grijalva. So, anyway, we've got to flip into a break. Anything else to add real quick? Hey, just a uh, great time. Give you an update on uh, Jimmy D's rods. We got the two of them done, and we're waiting for a blank on the other one. But uh, he's going to be up this way. I think he said next weekend, so hopefully I can get his rods to him. And, uh, Are we talking about Jimmy Dwight? Fishing. Yeah, Jimmy Dwight. Don't, hey, don't, don't, don't start don't, don't start on Jimmy Dwight. He's going to whip your butt. Dude, I just yeah. saw him. Hey, make sure yeah. you include driving lessons with those rods, all right? Oh, stop it. Hey, James, thank you, man. We appreciate your contributions. Be safe. James Kukenauer, uh, Arizona Game and Fish Commissioner, Master Rod Builder for Rim Country Custom Rods. Well, we're going to flip into a break at uh, Fox Sports 910 FM 99.2 HD2. We'll be right back. 
This segment's brought to you by Master Butcher Dan Bix at Bix's Butcher Shop, Flagstaff, Arizona. Butchering for over 36 years, Dan's bad to the bone and preserves your harvest with quality cuts and processing. Trust the man that's bad to the bone and gentle to your game harvest. Bix's Butcher Shop. On the day I was born, the nurses all gathered round and they gazed in wide wonder at the joy they had found. All righty, we're back. Uh, boy, uh, Drake, I got to tell you, the deeper I get into all of these uh, Second Amendment bills, uh, the more aggravated I'm getting. So we'll uh, we'll follow up with this uh, after the show. We'll uh, get some vlogs out there and make everybody aware of what uh, uh, Miss Rios is doing, uh, for one. And Mr. Mendez, Mr. Mendez, I think I will uh, go get him a uh, application for Walmart and uh, send it to him. Along with, oh, by the way, just to update on uh, Mitt Romney, the sympathy card went out to Mitt to his uh, Utah office for committing political suicide, picking on Donald Trump. He continues. So so does the uh, initiative to get a recall on the ballot to uh, get him out of office again. So uh, when we talked to Doug, there was some stuff going on up, up in Utah uh, on uh, Second Amendment. But, you know, when you we, we talked earlier in the week uh, – You've got the four sanctuary counties, and now you're going after cities. How does that work? Where are you starting, and who you hope to round up? Well, actually, we started closest to home. And since most of us were in northern Arizona, so we were working on Yavapai and Coconino counties, while another group, completely organic to themselves, started in Mojave. Basically, we're watching Virginia. We're trying to do what they did, but be in front of the problem instead of trying to play catch-up. Yeah. And so, so far, Mojave County, La Paz County, Yavapai County, and Apache County. And our coup last week was the Navajo Nation yesterday came into the fold, voted unanimously for a Second Amendment sanctuary on the reservation. So they are also telling the state and telling the Fed, we will not comply, we will not support. What are you expecting in uh, La Paz County? That's kind of a strange demographic. It is a strange demographic. And right now we know that um, we have some constitutional sheriffs and things that are doing good things, but they're not political. And they're trying to be what they are, law enforcement officers. So if they speak, it will be in private to the county board of supervisors. And that's what we encourage everybody to do. But we need volunteers Find us on Facebook at the Arizona Second Amendment Sanctuary Movement or at az2a.org on the Internet. Okay. Okay. What, just real, real quick, we've got to get into roll call. Um, where's uh, Pinal County in the mix? Pinal County's doing really well. Um, we even had the sheriff who came out to the Second Amendment rally at the I Capitol. love that guy, Sheriff Mark Lamb. Exactly. Absolutely. And he seems very positive not only on the idea, but uh, of the movement. So um, we... Is there a vote coming soon? There is not so far. If Until it's on the calendar, we have to have at least one discussion, and then they're going to post what they choose to do. Now, here's what the problem is. We give them a good resolution and a good ordinance that will pass a court case. These were written by us, by for us, by attorney Michael Taylor, who used to work for the state, who wrote laws and legislation. He knows what he's doing. It'll pass the court muster. It's when they start tinkering with it themselves and usually watering it down that it becomes a problem. 
if they would take what we give them and run with it, we would really have something that would have the force of law behind it. When do you expect to see something on uh, Pinell County? We're, we're watching Pinell County real close. We have a local group, but again, they're all volunteers, and not all of them are necessarily wired in, but they have made contact, as well, all we've been okay. told. All right. So um, we have seven other counties, by the way, okay. still working, plus the four that are done. So we have a couple counties we don't have anybody in yet, Greenlee, Yuma, and things, but we sure could use more volunteers. Reach out to us at the az2way.org website. Okay, we've got to get into roll call. Uh, Mark's going to help me with this. I'm going to tell you about the military guys. Uh, um, February 8th, we lost a couple of uh, Army guys, uh, Army Sergeant First Class Antonio uh, Rodriguez, serving during Operation Freedom Sentinel. He was 26 years old out of Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, he died on the 1st, and uh, Army Specialist Brandon Time Kimball died on the on uh, February 12th, he was 21, 21 years old out of Central Point, uh, Oregon. Uh, he died in a uh, non-combat-related uh, incident. But the uh, other one that passed on uh, was another Army first-class uh, sergeant, uh, Javier G- uh, Gutierrez. He died on the 8th as well. Uh, he was 28 years old out of Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina. Uh, both of those guys were uh, killed in an insider attack in Nangahar province. Uh, they were assigned to the 3rd Battalion, 7th Special Forces Group out of Elgin Air Force Base uh, there in Florida. Both soldiers were posthumously uh, promoted to uh, Sergeant First Class and awarded the Bronze Stars and Purple Hearts. And apparently uh, somebody dressed up in a uh, Afghan soldier uniform went in and opened fire. Uh, he was killed on the spot, and investigations are going on to find out who that guy actually belonged to. Uh, what do you got, Mark? I got uh, police officer Matthew S. Um, Vaughn Sedwins. Um He passed away from cancer at the age of 50 on Monday, January 27, 2020. Uh, he developed cancer after being a part of the search and recovery unit from the World Trade Center uh, following the 9-11 terrorist attack. That's the fifth one of those guys we've had this year. Yeah, this year. That Yeah, that were involved in uh, 9-11. Right, it's January. It's February. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. go. And then also we have Deputy Sheriff Donna Richardson um, Bilo of uh, DeSoto Parish Sheriff's Department in Louisiana. Her end of watch was Tuesday, uh, February 11th, 2020. Um, she was killed in a vehicle crash on U.S. Highway 84 near Louisiana 3248 3, shortly before 8 a.m. An oncoming vehicle crossed the center line and struck her patrol car head-on, causing her to suffer fatal injur- injuries. Uh, she was uh, with the sheriff's office for 13 months and had previously served as a probation officer with the Louisiana Department of Corrections. Our thoughts and prayers uh, certainly go out to these folks' family, uh, their units that they served with, and the communities that they were involved with. I'm Don McDowell. This is Fox Sports 910 on the AM side, FM 99.9 HD2. Think about that. The price of domestic and national security. We'll be right back. It's time for Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. A show for the avid fisherman and hunter looking for tips from the pros. Now here's your host, a saltwater fisherman and the man that fears no fish. He's the bass daddy in a tournament pro, Don McDowell. 
All righty, we're back. Thanks for tuning in to the second hour of uh, Don McDowell Outdoors. Uh, we've got uh, Matt Shora in here with Mark Townsend, uh, Rick Mitchell from uh, there's uh, Arizona Civil Defense League talking about Second Amendment stuff. And uh, we've got uh, Sean Bailey on the phone. Uh, took everybody to school up on Lake Havasu. Did you happen to attend that class? I did. I, I was a student. <laughs> okay. Hey, Sean, welcome. Uh, appreciate you playing along today. How are you doing, man? Good, I'm doing good. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Uh, you got your buddy Matt and Mark in here, and uh, uh, what was your success on uh, Havasu? I know you're a local favorite. Uh, homeschool advantage has uh, has a lot of a lot of attributes. Uh, what was your thought going into that tournament? Oh, um, you know, being a local on Havasu, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but uh, that tournament. Uh, worked out pretty good for me. Uh, you know, I was just uh, kind of worried about the big cold front that we had come through, and uh, I'm sure everybody else was as well. Um, we had a, a big big cold front come through. The water temperature dropped like 10 degrees, and, you know, everything that I found in practice I knew was going to go away. So I pretty much just had to go out and try to figure them out like a brand-new day on the water. And uh, got lucky and uh, ended up catching a pretty big one for Havasu, a nine-pounder, and that – that pretty much saved my day, and holy cow! I was pretty pretty happy to have it. Giant! Oh no, kidding! That feed four people. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I mean, without giving away too much, what what, what were you looking at? What did you target? What part of the lake? Um, equipment breakdown, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, I wanted to uh, not fish for smallmouth. I wanted to fish for largemouth. So I kind of stayed in the main basin of the lake and. Uh, you know, I was, I was fishing uh, crankbaits and fishing some uh, Carolina rigs deeper. Um, I had been catching some fish pretty shallow, and uh, I knew that those fish weren't going to stick around, so I started out deep and, uh, you know, ended up catching a, a couple fish pretty quick and then uh, ended up catching that nine-pounder on a robo-worm uh, out, out deep. And uh, my biggest fear in that tournament was uh, having a nine-pounder and only coming in with, like, two fish. So I really <laughs> put my head down and uh, – Went and threw the crankbait the rest of the day when it warmed up a little bit and ended up catching three more good ones and uh, got lucky and came in with a big limit. Yeah, that you know what? That happens all too often. You, you know, you get one nice one and you can't put anything with it. Yeah, and, and then how's the tournament played out? It's just three days on Havasu, 172 boats pop. Um, how did you adjust for each day from day one to day two to day three? Well, uh, the weather stabilized on the second day and third day and warmed up but the the fishing pressure on the lake really shut the, the fish down i mean that lake doesn't handle you know tournaments real well um you know being having 170 something boats on the lake even though the water warmed up the fishing didn't get much better at all actually the fishing for me was the best on day one in that nasty weather and the wind and the cold front um so the second day, uh, I started off on the community spot with my co-angler, and we we got we got lucky. I, I picked a good spot to start on, and we ended up catching a, a limit for you know almost 17 pounds in about an hour. Wow, and, uh, that's yeah, crazy! That really, what's that? I said that's crazy, but hey, great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it worked out really well for the second day because I mean I was really able to save a lot of areas for the third day. I didn't have to hit them on the second day. Um, catching a limit real early in the morning really settled me down. And, you know, I got to go out and just kind of uh, pre-fish, I, I should say, for the rest of the for the rest of the tournament. And, 
it, it really worked out well. I mean, everything everything fell into place for me. Uh, catching that catching a limit reeler in the morning, like I said, I was just able to kind of just kind of cruise around and look at some areas and do a lot of graphing and just figure out what I was going to do for the third day. So, uh, you know, my, my co-angler on the second day, uh, he, he caught a real nice one that, that we weighed in and, you know, that helped me a bunch. And, you know, we caught them all on robo worms again, first thing in the morning and, uh, and, uh, had a nice little limit. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't like <clears throat> really excited about it on Havasu having 17 pounds is not really a, a, a great limit to have, but, uh, during those conditions and with that kind of field out there, you know, and the lead that I, or the, you know, the advantage I had from the first day, um, I felt confident that I was at least going to maintain my second place, if not move up. So, uh, going into the third day, uh, you know, I, uh, had done a little practicing on the second day and I kind of had a game plan. I was what I was going to do and, uh, started off in the morning and, uh, catch, ended up catching a four pounder on a jig and, uh, and then I lost one like five on a jig right after that, and I, you know, I was kind of, kind of worried that maybe I had lost the tournament real quick in the morning, you know, losing a big one like that. And uh, I just kind of, you know, put my head down and went fishing the rest of the day, and ended up cranking up uh, four more pretty good ones, and uh, ended up having a limit, and it was good enough to win. Sean, let me ask you this: uh, being a local and being really familiar with the uh, lake in your backyard, how many environments uh, categorically do you think that lake has? Four, five, six? What what are you thinking? Uh, I kind of break the lake down into certain sections of the lake, and they all seem to fish differently on the same day type deal. So, um, like, the river is, I consider it, you know, it's its own beast. And uh, same with the far end of the lake, the far down south, the Bill Williams area. That's kind of its own little area. And then the, the lake I break down into, like, three or four sections. Um, typically, those are... For me, those are more smallmouth-dominated areas, and uh, uh, one section will seem to be biting better than the other two or three sections running down the lake 20 miles. And uh, so it has it has quite a few environments. I'm going to say it has at least six or seven environments that I kind of you know go off of in my head. Yeah, that's uh, you know categorically the way uh, you know I uh, approach a lake. Uh, you know, break it down and see what the weather's doing. Uh, Either the barometric's coming up, down the wind's blowing or not, and it makes a difference on where you go. What What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, I, I had a question for him. Uh, I, with 10 boats, I believe 10 boats had a limit all three days. So so this is Matt, Sean, congratulations again. Uh, great job. You, that was a tough tournament. But I, what I'm curious to know is how many bites did you get each day or how many fish did you get to the boat each day? Because we see your weights and we know you're – you're, you know, just a great fisherman and obviously one of the best there. You know, we're, we're, we're only 10 boats got a limit all three days. How many bites, how many bites do you get in a day? Well, like I said, the first day was my best fishing day. I think I had, if I can remember correctly, I mean, I called like 10 times. Wow. Um, I had at least 15 <laughs> fish on the first day and I, I expected that first day to be the toughest. Right. Um, and it blew me away that it wasn't, um, I, uh, I, I had at least 15 keepers on the first day. Uh, the second day, I saved a lot of areas, so I didn't really go through the numbers like I would have liked to. Um, I was really, really concerned about, you know, blowing all my fish and not having any, any area for the third day. So the second day, I think I only caught eight keepers. And uh, on, the, uh, on the final day, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was happy I saved a lot of water because on that final day, I, I caught five bites. Okay. Right. Wow. Very cool. Congratulations again, man. Yeah. So, give me an equipment breakdown. I mean, what what was your 
you know, raw and real du jour line, all that fun stuff. So, I mean, I got to give a big uh, thank you to my sponsor, uh, sponsored by a big Japanese uh, company called Evergreen International. Um, most of the local guys have, you know, in, in Arizona on the West Coast have heard of them. We've got a, a whole new line of uh, U.S. rods uh, produced by uh, Evergreen. And uh, so I'm using most of, the, most of all the new uh, Evergreen rods. Uh, reels. I don't really have a per se a real sponsor. I use a lot of just you know w- w- what I like. So I use a lot of Shimano's, a lot of Daiwa's, even a couple of Abu Garcias in there. Um, but uh, bait wise, you know, I caught them on a uh, on a new Evergreen crankbait called uh, Evergreen Flatside, and I caught some uh, you know a lot of fish on a on a Robo Worm. Uh, I caught some Carolina rigging it. I caught some drop shot in it. I actually caught some Texas rigging it as well. Um, and uh, the first day of the water, <clears throat> excuse me, the water was real dirty, so I ended up uh, using a like a dark purple color. It's called uh, Margarita Mutilator. And uh, as the water cleared up on the second and third day, I ended up going back to my you know my tried and true colors, which was like Oxwood Light Red Flake, um, you know stuff like that. Um, so that that was pretty much my two basic setups: was uh, cranking an evergreen crankbait and throwing a robo worm. That's good. Hey, so here's a question for you. Um, and I'm just, just kind of taking a straw poll on different pros across the West. What are your thoughts on the uh, HydroWave system? HydroWave, you know, I, I'm not running one on any of my boats. I've never ran one. Um, so I'm, I'm not the, the best expert on HydroWaves. Uh, I could see it being a, a useful tool, like in the fall when there's a lot of shad around and they're, you know, they're schooling up and they're chasing bait and they're pushing, you know, pushing bait in the backs of coves and stuff i could see it being a tool but for the rest of the year um especially this time of year when they're not really bait related and they're kind of out a little bit deeper if they are um i don't really necessarily you know think that i need one um i don't i don't think it's a bad tool by any means um for guys that that run them i just Mm -hmm. don't personally want any uh extra noise running around out there right now so uh, i try i stay away from them pretty much interesting yeah yeah, good answer. Yeah. Uh, it is. Um, yeah. I got one on my boat, and I didn't run it Friday, and I didn't catch fish on Alamo. I ran it Saturday, and I was 12 fish in before I hit the log. Okay, well, so, you know where I'm going to go with this after, afterwards with you. What? How, how does this kick into fair chase? The Biosonics? Mm-hmm. I don't know. All, the Padre Wave? Yeah, Never even thought of okay. it like that. <laughs> I mean, all, everyone else has them. I like I like the hydrowave myself. It gives me confidence when I don't when I go out without a bite. Uh, you know, I turn it on the crawfish if I'm fishing the bottom. But I, I will say that that Sean nailed it. When I'm out deep with these spoonfish, I've turned it on with a schooling pattern, mm-hmm. and I've watched fish that were lethargic swim up and swim down. And it kind of it for me, and especially when I get on a school of fish, it seems like it keeps that school around a little longer, uh-huh. and also yeah, can fire right. up some fish that are that are yeah. maybe not not active at the time. Yeah, I, I mean, it's no different than calling in coyotes, I guess. <laughs> Bass and bullets, here we go. <laughs> yep. So, um, All right, uh, Sean, what's your next uh, big event? Uh, we got a we got a little Wild West uh, team tournament coming up on Havasu on February 22nd. Uh, and then after that, the next big one is we have FLW, and that'll be a uh, a whole different tournament. You know, it'll be... A lot warmer and a lot, lot, uh, lot better fishing. The, the fish will be up shallow, and there will definitely be some fish spawning. And uh, it'll be, 
anybody's game type deal. It's not oh, yeah. uh, those, those yeah. springtime tournaments are, are hard to win, even for local guys. I mean, when, when they're up spawning, it's you know it's whoever whoever sight fishes up at the right time, you know, and pulls in and finds a good one on a on, on a bed type deal. Um, I generally will do a little bit of sight fishing, but I will be keying in on some pre-spawn fish, uh, you know, out deeper still and and doing the things I like to do out deep. Um, but there will be some some sight fish, and uh, you know, got to get lucky and try and find a big one. Yeah, so you're going to be up there for that one? You know what? That's that's on the boat show with the FLW. I'll be up there next Friday for the Wild West. Yeah. Um, but the FLW is right on the International ISC. Sportsman's Expo. Okay, so he's going to be there. School teacher's going to be there. Just follow him around. That's it. That's all you got to <laughs> well, do. Well, see, that's the thing. Is you can <laughs> sight fish all you want to, but on Havasu in the spring, 24 pounds is 24 pounds. Yeah. You know, if you get to 24 pounds catching pre-spawners, you can go sight fish until your eyes fall out of your head. You ain't going to do much. <laughs> and they know. Hey, Sean, real quick, I'd really appreciate it if, if you uh, stay off my trees in the middle of the lake. <laughs> nice. Hey, 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 those are your trees. I don't touch those trees. They got, <laughs> they got, your, they got your address all over them. You can have them. You thanks, take that Sean. up with him at the lawn trap. Hey, Sean, thanks for playing along. We look, to, look forward to having you back again. We're going to flip into a break. Thank you, and good luck uh, dealing with Matt and his trees. This is Fox Sports yeah. 910. FM 99.9. I'm Don McDowell. We've got to go to a break. We'll be back. Show us this your segment rack. is brought to you How by the Whitetail, Moose, or Mule Deer. In the world of big game hunting, there's nothing better than having your rack on the wall and shown around the outdoor world. Head to huntingfishing.com and show us your rack. Now back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. This segment is brought to you by TheWilderness.com. Makers of quality outdoor and tactical gear. TheWilderness.com. All righty, we're back. Uh, joining us from uh, downtown St. George, Utah. I'm assuming he's hanging out at the Dairy Queen again, Mark. Uh, or marketing strategist Doug Stricker uh, on the phone with us. Doug, what's happening up in Utah? Can you hear me okay? I can. Keep talking. Okay. Uh, this week, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, what's going on in our legislative process, which is all about the Second Amendment. Um, there's a lot of things going on here, and although I know Drake is probably all on top of this, uh, I'm going to start off by saying uh, this is not about just get rid of, getting rid of your automatic weapons. This is about the eventual squeeze on all gun owners uh, to confiscate guns. At some point, our government's going to take our guns away from us. Um, and this starts, it, it, the left knows they cannot just go out and pass legislation that takes guns away. Uh, we'll be up in arms about that. You know, that that's just not going to work. Literally. So, yeah, literally, it just won't work, and they know that. So, you know, uh, in Utah, there's a series of legislations, uh, bills going through. And now in Arizona, uh, we have the 1625 ban uh, that they want to pass. Uh, we I'll talk about briefly what these are about. But by the same token, it's just the start. Wouldn't well, you, you know, I, let, let, let me ask both you guys this. Uh, in fact, everybody, Matt and, and, and Mark, uh, the ideology behind this, you know, they know, you know, let me back up. Last November, I told everybody what Pelosi was going to do in the swamp. 
and she did it. She started a gun grab, and then the rest of the monkey see, monkey do guys, they get in there. Oh, yeah, we're going to take guns away. So, you know, we had eight years of this crap uh, coming out of the swamp. Uh, we've got four more years of it. Uh, 2020 election, we're going to have four more years of them doing this, and we better get used to it. But my point is we need to be abreast of it. We need to stay in, in front of it, not behind, because we can't play catch-up. One of these things no. gets voted in, it's done. It's not, you can't go back and unplug it. So, yeah, you know, we, right. we need to side with your guys up in Utah and uh, uh, Drake and, and his folks down here fighting the fight. You know, I think the sanctuary city movement, the sanctuary county movement is paramount, uh, especially when we, we can turn on the TV on Fox News and see what in the hell Virginia did to us. Those guys didn't see that coming, and now we've got no. counties moving out of uh, Virginia, moving into West Virginia, just because of this. I mean, they're 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 about a stones throw away from a revolution back there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. L- listen to this one bill that Utah is putting in. It's uh, number one hundred nine, uh, SB one hundred nine. It says bans most firearm sales and transfers between private individuals without first paying fees and obtaining, listen to this, and obtaining government permission. That's a blind side. That's the thing that's going to catch us on without knowing what the heck is going on. Doug, they did the same Ooh. thing with pot. They legalized pot. Yeah. Why? Because they didn't get their $2 on every sale. They legalized it. Now you have to get permission to sell it, and you got to pay the government to sell it. It's the same damn thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You, we can talk about automatic weapons all you want, but it's just an insurgence, a foot in the door for them to take it to the next step. All right? So you're right, Don. we got to be on top of this uh, and stay on top of it so we can – and for our listeners out there, um, you know, this is what you need to be aware of. It's not about <laughs> a bill that's going to, into Senate voting or legislative voting, et cetera. This is about the future. Somewhere down the road, they got one step in, and they're going to take another step and pull something else out. Wake okay. up, America. Well, yeah. Keep it in the theme of bass and bullets. Uh, talk a little bit about the uh, trophy catch that's being celebrated in Florida. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Now, um, you know, when you think about uh, big bass, okay? This gentleman was actually to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation uh, Commission. Um, this is through their trophy catch program. And this bass um, was 14 pounds, two ounces. And it was caught in Lake Placid on January 31st. Lake Placid. Um, that's amazing. Is that like bass. the movie with the alligators? Ain't fishing that lake. Uh oh. Oh my goodness gracious! We can take Mark uh, uh, water skiing there. We cannot. Well, take you know, Florida is just a, uh, known for their big bass, the black bass. So, yeah, I get it. Oh my goodness gracious! But um, oh, I don't know. You know, I, the other thing I want to, if we have time, I'm going to talk about a little bit is there's a guy um, in Oklahoma. Uh, his name is Joseph Maldonado. But is known by the name Joe Exotic. Now, if, other than the fact that he was arrested for um, uh, murder, or in cahoots with a murder for hire, actually, 
He's also violated uh, the Lacey Act and the Endangered Species Act. Well, here they found, they dug up and found eight cats. Now, we're talking about, um, I believe, uh, lions and uh, or tigers, actually, buried in a pit. This guy was tra- in the process and has dealt with exotic animals, uh, and he was burying some evidence, and they found it. I mean, this guy's going to prison for what? I don't know, 20 years or something yeah. like that? Amen. Well, Mark's, Mark's got one. Uh, I want the newsletter. We'll send it up to you. But, uh, you know, I, I hate I hate it when your your hometown keeps spitting out. Oh, all the... wow. Go, Mark, go. What is it? Um, in Flagstaff, Arizona, a taxidermist was arrested for stuffing his dead wife and keeping her on a couch in the living room. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm not kidding, awful. folks. His uh, name is... Downtown Rump- Flagstaff. You got to yeah, love it. Uh, 51-year-old Maurice Patterson is a renowned taxidermist oh, who earns a living by stuffing animals. According to the police report, when his wife Mary died of breast cancer two years ago, he decided to memorialize her in a way that was very unique, Don. He stuffed his wife with incredible care before dressing her up and placing her in the sitting position on the couch. Nice. I oh, wonder if he battery-operated her jaw. And just I would have chosen a nice lampshade firstly. But... And she just sat there and said, I don't want to watch Sports Center. Will you go to bed? Your feet are cold. I don't like the way- oh, man. You can't make this stuff up here, I'm telling you. No, it's real. It really happened. Uh, well, what please? else, Doug? Oh, like my goodness. Well, I'm sorry, Doug. You know, That's terrible. On that, I want to know if Arizona Game and Fish were involved with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the police told me that she had been dead for at least two hours, but I have to admit, I never noticed, even if I saw her dozens of times. I had always seen her silent in the corner watching TV, said one of the neighbors. Great job, neighbor. You don't think the fact that she hadn't changed clothes the 11 times that you saw her yeah, wouldn't dude. mean that maybe she no, was No dead? one ever really knew, right? All right. Yeah. Uh, let, let's kill it. Let's go back. Uh, yeah, one yeah. thing I'm seeing a lot now, Don, and you, this it will come as no surprise, is uh, there are a lot of different states now, and I highlight Iowa and South Dakota, that are seeing the increase in this chronic wasting uh, disease. Um, It's not, no one's able to stop this thing. So for the people out there, those hunters that are going out after uh, whitetails or mule deer. And and elk, it's affecting elk in uh, certain states. Yeah. Yeah, be careful. Just be careful. Get them tested. If you need to. Well, I, I um, want to give kudos to uh, our, our department here, uh, AZGFD. Uh, they've got a very yeah. aggressive uh, chronic wasting uh, testing uh, situation that they set up during the uh, deer harvest, uh, general hunts, archery hunts, uh, taking okay. uh, tissues and uh, teeth and that kind of thing. And uh, as you know, we, we have uh, uh, some of the Western Caucus chaps uh or headed for Arizona to sit down with the department and find out the uh, intricacies of uh, their program to hopefully move it to other states that are having issues. So, good hey, job. Got you. Yeah. Don, I got a question. What's the difference between stuffing her, sitting her on the couch, and cremating her and putting her over the fireplace? About 20 years in jail. <laughs> it's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's he's I'm guessing. Because he said the dude's looking at 20 years. Handcuffs. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> Wow. 
<laughs> All right, get it wrapped up, Doug. We got to go to go to a break. Going to wrap up, wrap it up, just so everyone knows. Utah has submitted a bill that would uh, make hunting and fishing a right in that state. Good, in our state. Uh, that should be what a con- state constitutional okay. right. All right, hey, uh, we'll bug you after the uh, show's over. Good job, great newsletter. Sign up for it, huntingfishing.com. He's Doug Stricker, marketing strategist. Say- George, Utah, I'm Don McDowell. This is Fox Sports 910, FM 99.9, HD2. We'll be back. Back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. And always on our free iHeartRadio app. Here's the Bass Daddy and Tournament Pro, Don McDowell. This segment of Shake, Rattle, and Troll is brought to you by Mr. Crappie's Slab Daddy Supper Rigs. We all live for the thump. All right, here we go. Here's what I got for you guys. Uh, early in the week, we talked to uh, Michael McDowell, uh, driver of the uh, 34 Loves Mustang. Uh, they've got a new motor package, new car package. They're running uh, Daytona today. And here's what Michael had to say. Hey, we've got our hometown local favorite uh, NASCAR driver, Michael McDowell, uh, joining us from uh, Daytona Motor Speedway. Uh, Michael, as you know, is the... Uh, one of our favorite front runners from Front Row Motorsports, uh, piloting the Lopes Travel Stops, number 34, Ford Mustang. Michael, hey, thanks for joining us, man. What's happening back there? Yeah, just uh, soaking up the uh, Florida sunshine and, um, you know, getting ready for uh, a big week here in Daytona. And, yeah, so today kind of kicks off, uh, you know, media day and lots of interviews and doing fun stuff. And tomorrow we'll uh, we'll hop in the race cars and uh, and go see how how it drives and how it races and get ready for uh, Daytona 500 on Sunday. Yeah, outstanding, Michael. We've been following you uh, last year real real strong. You had some uh, really good momentum uh, going into the season uh, this year. Uh, I know uh, you've got a new motor package, a lot of changes on the cars. Uh, can you give us a hint? Uh, what, what are you expecting out of this new hot run? Yeah, you know, um, in the middle of last year, they, they kind of switched up this uh, super speedway package for Daytona and Talladega. And uh, so we have more horsepower, but more downforce, you know, similar speed, but the cars drive very different. And uh, you get big runs, and, and with big runs, you know, you got to have a place to go and, and make those passes. So um, the package definitely races different. And, uh, I think, you know, we saw that in the clash, um, just how big the runs could be. And, and so, yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta, you know, kind of figure out what you need to do to put yourself in position to get to the end. And, um, you know, unfortunately so far guys haven't really figured out how to get to the end. And so, yeah, we're all a little bit, um, you know, anxious and nervous to see, you know, how all 43 cars out there are going to do. Um, but at the same time, it's uh it's a race where you got 500 miles to figure it out and so you just got to be patient and make good decisions yeah yeah that's when you let those uh those young guys go out there and knock themselves out you know on the front end uh you, you've been doing a, a great job uh you and your team your uh pit crew chief and uh your pit guys uh you know we've seen a big marked difference uh in the strategy so uh we wish you well going into the uh 2020 season and uh uh, certainly support uh, Love's Travel Stop and the 34 uh, Ford Mustang. Uh, so good luck on the uh, Daytona. A uh, couple other things are going on. Uh, we we want to give a, a shout-out to your wife uh, uh, that had the incident uh, with a, a head-on in her uh, Ford Expedition. How's she doing? Yeah, she's doing well. You know, she's a little sore, but... 
Uh, we're super thankful. I mean, um, a very big crash impact, and, you know, she's got some scrapes and bruises, and she's sore, but, um, you know, was able to walk away and, and be healthy, and, and so we're very thankful for that. And, yeah, so it was, it was a, a chaotic day uh, yesterday, you know, um, a lot happening with all that, but uh, very thankful. And, um, yeah, so, you know, for us, we've been promoting safe driving here for the last uh, few weeks, and, you know, obviously it's ironic that that happened with my wife yesterday, but, you know, just, just trying to help people just realize that there's there's family members out there your family members out there and loved ones and uh you know to to drive safe and not speed and not be distracted um and for sure make sure you're wearing your seatbelt. um you know that's that's the biggest thing that you know saved her yesterday was was wearing her seatbelt. and yeah so we we just challenge everybody to you know to to take the pledge and, and go to team frm forward slash safe driving and uh and sign up uh you know to be a safe driver well, I know you and uh, Front Row Motorsports are, have a partnership with uh, ClassicCars.com with the National Road Safety Foundation uh, promoting safe driving, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, that's a, a very worthwhile endeavor. And, uh, you know, people don't realize that speeding causes over 9,000 deaths each year, and it, you know, is a factor uh, in 26% of all fatal crashes. So uh, we appreciate your work on that. Uh, I know you are pretty involved in the uh, veteran community like we are here, you know, supporting the troops uh, uh, while they're in active service and certainly uh, when they get home uh, because, the uh, you know, it's not over until it's all over. And uh, you, you have some uh, uh, good things going on with a, uh, a veteran. Can you tell us about that briefly? Yeah, you know, our sport has just um, done a great job of, of just embracing, you know, the men and women that – that have fought and continue to fight, um, you know, for our country and our safety. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it's such a privilege for me to be in the spot that I'm in to, you know, not only get to do what I love to do and travel around the country racing cars, but, um, to meet a lot of veterans and their families and, um, and, and just be able to spend time with them and get to know them. And, yeah, I've had the opportunity to go and do a lot of cool training and, and things like that at Fort Bragg and, and got to fly, you know, in an F-16 with Luke Air Force Base out there in Litchfield. And, uh-huh. um, but really just to, to take it all in and experience it. Um, but more than anything, just, just to see the, the commitment that uh, these men and women have to protecting us and um, in any way that we're able to give back to them, I feel like is not just a, a privilege, but, you know, an obligation that we all have. And, um, yeah, we just need to take care of, take care of the men and women that have fought for us. And, uh, like you said, their fight's not over yet. And so we just got to, uh, rally behind them and, and continue to, um, you know, to raise funds and support for them as well. All right, there you go, uh, Michael McDowell, starting uh, 26 today in the uh, Love's uh, 34 Ford Mustang, uh, qualified at 90, 191.205 miles an hour. And uh, like, he, like he was talking, they've got a new motor package, so we expect him to do uh, pretty well uh, with some new strategies. So check out uh, uh, Daytona 500 today. Uh, I expect to see the uh, presidential motorcade do a lap around the track. How unique is that? And uh, President Trump, the uh, Grand Marshal, so that <laughs> to be one hell of a day, boy. Between an ARCA car and a NASCAR. Excuse me? What's the difference between the ARCA car and the NASCAR? Uh, about a million bucks. And R&D? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, lesser uh, suspension restri- uh, 
sophistications, uh, lesser motor packages, more restrictions, and uh, it's a training ground. Gotcha. You know, okay. I, you know, the, about the thing I can liken it to is going from a, a wonderful, well-made, quality tracker boat into a nitro with a big motor on it. Really? Oh, yeah. Even though they still hit, like, 180, 190 themselves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, technical differences. See, that's what See, the the, don't these guys are, these guys, here. Don's pretty smart. Let, let, let's put this into perspective. This is qualifying trim. These guys are running around 191, 192, 194, some less, some a little bit more. Race speeds, 210. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a big deal. You beat 220, 230 going down the back chute. Yeah, that's average. 209 round in there. You, 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 I think wow. in NASCAR, both the angle of the curve and the pitch can be steeper also. Oh, yeah. So their suspensions have to be much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, it, 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 it's like bass boats, man. It's a refined science. Yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely. So uh, let's get some, uh, we've got a couple of minutes before the break. Give me your uh, contact information. If somebody wants to go fishing with Matt, how do either, they call you? Either message me on Instagram or Facebook. Phone number is 602-488-0868, or you can go to matchsurefishing.com on my website and Dope. message me there. Okay, hey. so where, where are you going to take them fishing? What's your favorite lake? I only have permits for the Tonto uh, National Forest Lakes, so I, I pretty much stick to Bartlett and Roosevelt because it's an easier easier lakes to get you know the bites on, that kind of thing. Swarm Canyon's been fishing a little tough, but if that if that gets well, I'd be happy to do those. Sure, and, well. and uh, any truth to the rumor that you want to take Mark and some hot dogs down to Encounter Mark Park? Mark and Matt have been in the boat together <laughs> at the U.S. Open. We went to Greg's Basin. Yeah, he's still going to take. He's going to walk you around him. the shore down there in Encounter Park. Dude. <laughs> hey, you know, Dude. Was, you know what else was really cool about Alamo, Don? <laughs> you guys are not going to believe me, but it's true. After I, um, you know, went and saw things up on the bank, um, snakes are out. Be careful. I bet. Oh, nice. That water's up, and what's happened is the snakes are out. Undentified them. And, uh, yeah, undentified, like, pushed them out of the den. Um, <laughs> they were, like, <laughs> like, in the trees. Not on the bank, just, like, like just... Chilling, just sunning yeah. in the trees. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, sunbathing in the trees. Yeah, let that fall in your boat too. That's great. Yeah. No, Rick, that's what's your uh, contact information for the uh, Silver Defense League? Uh, the Arizona Citizens Defense League can be found at azcdl.org. You can also find the Arizona Second Amendment Sanctuary Movement, Arizona Second Amendment Sanctuary Movement on Facebook, and also at az two a dot org is our website please reach out to us and volunteer we need folks in every county do they have to have guns they don't okay just check it all right good information what's your uh next rally point uh to invite the, the public in the next rally point um if you reach out to us very quickly we can add you to the teams that are going to be working the trump rally on the 19th at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, we're going to be handing out Second Amendment sanctuary literature. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, they are going to have 24,000 inside and between fifteen and 20,000 outside watching big screens. Yeah, so we have a chance to reach 44,000 Arizonans about the problems that we're having here legislatively and our Second Amendment sanctuary movement. Okay. Um, that's good information to have. Uh what uh, what was the uh, deal with the Navajo Nation? Is that the one uh, northern Arizona, oh. north of Coca, north north of Coconino County? He's giving me the number. 
Okay. All right, we've, we'll uh, take that on uh, when, we, when we come back. Uh, we've got a flip into a break. Uh, Fox Sports 910, FM 99.9. We'll be right back. If you love the outdoors, make sure you sign up for the weekly hunting fishing newsletter. To stay up to date with the latest outdoorsman news across the nation, sign up today at huntingfishing.com. Now back to Don McDowell Outdoors on Fox Sports 910. This segment of Shake, Rattle, and Troll is brought to you by True Turn Hooks, the hook that strikes back. All righty. We're back. Uh, Mark, I want to thank you for uh, coming home safely from uh, Alamo. How did you find the fishing conditions at Alamo besides uh, UFOs? Okay, so Friday, I, dude, first time and since I was 11, because, you know, Alamo's one of the towns and home lakes, there's five of them, um, that I just didn't catch a fish. Well, you got to understand, I come from a family of fishermen, okay? Like, my uncle was a professional bank fisherman. And That's what he did. your mother was a mermaid. Uh-huh. No, exactly. No. <laughs> um, so, I just was upset, so I turned around and did a... Went, I literally went home, changed, showered, um, ate, and went right back out to the lake. And that seems like a lot of trouble when you could have just hopped in the lake, freshened up a bit, grab a, a Well, I, had to, and... I needed the drive home to collect my thoughts. That's how uh, I look at it. And that, that steak at Charlie's didn't help either. Oh, help. Matt, what's the matter with that theory right there? <laughs> yeah. A lot of driving. So then I just I turned right around. I didn't even unhook. His thoughts are like trying to herd cats in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Plugged in, went right back out, and put my head down, and instantly, yeah. I just started picking them up. How's the water level in the uh, super high? Is it super super high? Those of you that fish Alamo regularly won't recognize it. Period. You're going to turn that hill and go to launch your boat and be like, "Wow!" Oh, and it's yeah. it's a new lake. It, it really and it's fishing. How far like can you lake. get up to Sandy? About as far as your boat will allow you to go, depending on what kind of boat you're in. Bass boat, you can make it pretty far. John boat, you can go even further. Yeah. Jet boat, you probably make it to um, Havasu. Zing. Yeah. So, but, and the fish, because, you know, normally like Alamo, a real key <laughs> there is the Chunk Rock Bank. And that water is so far up above the Chunk Rock Bank, what it's done is it's pulled the fish off their normal spots and dispersed them in and amongst the trees. So you can just go down the bank and you may catch a two-pounder, a six-pounder, an eight-pounder, a four-pounder. There's no rhyme or reason to what's going on. Everyone's running around and freaking out because it's like New Year's. Yeah. You know. That's crazy. It is. It is. Is the high water also why you had that floating log that you hit? Oh, yeah, because that's the yeah, water. Usually it wasn't oh, sure. Yeah, I didn't even see. I don't know. I mean, I keep replaying it. I had to have hit something, I think, because I kind of elevated and turned to the, with my prop spinning this way, I turned this way. And you didn't hear the normal thump thump? No, nothing. I was just flying along and just was, I was like, oh, I was in the air. But like I told you outside, you know how things start happening slow motion in your brain oh, yeah. before something there. bad yeah. goes on? Well, enough bad's happened in my life that when things start going slow-mo, this I is really gonna start suck. paying attention. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, things are slowing down. This is going to suck. Well, I, I still didn't get out of the gas. That's and a big warning for everyone else. That's another reason I brought it up again. It's just to throw that flag for everybody. If the water's high... You're going to have new oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hazards yeah. in the water. Yeah. And so I was up in the air, and then my boat kind of kicked sideways, and I was like, this really shouldn't be doing this. But if I don't stay on the gas, I may throw myself out of the boat or barrel roll. I better make sure that when I hit, 
I kick forward and not sideways. This right here is why we have first responders. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of taking action, he's having this very conversation with himself. <laughs> yeah. So Headed towards the bank at a high rate of forward propulsion. I had to stay on the gas. So I stayed on the gas and made sure I didn't throw myself out of the boat. And once I started kicking forward, I just I got off the gas, and then I just kind of coasted and then slammed it in reverse. We're going to sign you up for a boating safety class. Dude, that was some the, uh, serious driving that went on there. Until 10, 11. No, Matt, I want to thank you for coming down. Uh, be safe out there doing what you do, man. The world's not a safe place, and sometimes it gets kind of spooky on the water. Yeah, thank I, you. I, I want to thank Matt for what he does on a daily. He's just changed fishing in the state, and it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Appreciate yeah. that very much. And you know what? Just, just hearing that story just reminds you where your life jacket kill switch. I, Always. Oh, yeah. I, I never used oh, to, too. I'll be honest. Always. And now I, I'm wearing it for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, excited. Yeah. We got the, the second Tuesday of every month, Bass Pro 630. Yep. Uh, free seminars. Yep. We, we had a great turnout with Manny Chi last week. Not Monty T, but Manny Chi. <laughs> <laughs> Love Gary Semt. He's a great, great, uh, great friend and, and partner over there. And then yeah. the – 14th and 15th is uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th is the ISC show. We're both on the tank there. Yeah, and I'll good. be, be talking yeah, We'll on the be tank. there to cover you guys. Drake, I want to thank you for uh, dragging yourself down here and uh, hanging out at the Capitol with the, uh, with the protesters that did a good job. So Second Amendment rally was beautiful, well put on. Writers USA, compliments to them. They put on a great event, had some great speakers, lots of good food. We need a couple extra bathrooms. They only thought they were going to have 1,000 people. They broke 3,500. So oh. I'm talking it was great turnout. People are waking up. Yeah, this, we have yeah, to this get is getting to couch. be a bigger deal than the Dems think it's going to be. Yes, yeah. yes. And they gave us the issue when they openly attacked everything. Now, remember this, guys. If it's a lever action, 22 long rifle, it could hold more than 10 rounds if you go to mediums or shorts. That gun is going to fall under their broad definition of an assault weapon. So it's not just an no. AR. It could be a shotgun. Can you put a tube extension on it so Absolutely. it'll hold 10 rounds? They sure do for three-gun shooting. That so All your shotguns are going to be considered assault weapons, unless it's an over and under. So we really have to watch what these guys are doing. Believe yeah. what they say. All right. Well, we'll keep you uh, uh, updated uh, as we go along. We'll uh, get your stuff updated on our website. It gets a lot of activity. You guys can sign up for the newsletter at huntingfishing.com. Follow us on Facebook when they decide to turn us back on. I guess they turned us off today for banging on the Democrats again. So Facebook jail. Who would have thunk it? Uh, that, that's it for us. Uh, if you want to go fishing, uh, get a hold of uh, Matt over here or Gary or Mark. And uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm Don McDowell. This is Fox Sports 910 on the AM side, FM 99.9 HD2. Take your kids fishing, hug your bass boat. Salute a soldier. We're out of here. <laughs>